and welcome to the Pursuit Collective Podcast. My name is Joe O'Neill, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Mark Cook, and Mark is going to introduce our special guest. What's up, everybody? Yeah, super excited to have our guest today coming all the way from the Middle East, Michael Mayako. Michael was living here in Southwest Florida for a while before him and his wife relocated to the other side of the globe, and we're able to become great friends, and he's someone that I um, really, really love. So, Michael, thank you for being with us today, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Um, it's wonderful. Big fan of the podcast and, and everything that Ride Nature does. So thankful to be with you all. Yeah, man. Well, dude, Michael is literally, I would say, the jack of all trades. When I think about somebody who is a creative artist, musician, um, in fact, I didn't even know this about you, man, but the other day, Michael's wife posted a video of him playing the harp. Like, oh, let's go. And I'm just like, dude, this dude's a harpist, a videographer, a graphic designer, surfer, skates a little bit. Um, dude, almost, we'll get into this a little bit, but like legit baseball player. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, dude, I'm yeah. excited, man, to to jump right in. I, I think maybe where we'll start is, is you also when you really think about Jack of all trades, dude, you're also now a published author. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, tell us about yeah. the, the book, good news that you just put out. Yeah. So, you know, the good news book, uh, it came at a time that was rather, uh, providential with everything that happened in 2020, but during 2020, um, I had been taking notes of a lot of different phrases, uh, that were standing out to me as I was reading scripture in the past year and, and kind of reflecting, um, you know, on different theological thoughts. And so I had kind of this list of, of statements or verses that I've been, been writing down and next to them had written or had written, um, you know, different drawings or different sketches that I thought could communicate it very well. And so I started releasing an illustration each week and, you know, initially didn't really know what it was going to turn into. I just, kind of turn it into Good News Friday and would release a piece and kind of the theological or biblical reflection and then would write just a short paragraph on it. And the more it kind of uh, got going and, and people responding and um, it, it was just kind of turning into this really powerful thing that a lot of people were looking forward to on Fridays and would reach out to me and ask questions throughout the week about. And so uh, I, I think it was on number maybe eight, um, it's just became clear, like this needed to really become something. And uh, it was wonderful that I you know, got to kind of marry two passions of, of art and writing. And so you know, good news was uh, eventually born after I think it ended up being 37 pieces were put in this book with, you know, uh, the writings really uh, range from biblical studies, like deep biblical studies on like the book of Hebrews types of stuff, uh, all the way to just simple parables and, and children's stories that I think just really help communicate uh, the gospel clearly. And obviously having that vis visualization of art, uh, I believe, is, is a way that we understand the world. And so providing uh, our kind of my visual learners with that uh, visual piece to, to help understand these really complex topics at times uh, turned into a book and, and it was published and it was incredible. And now I'm working on basically so many new writing projects now after, after that first book, I'm, I'm excited on um, where that so journey's cool, headed. Yeah, it's super rad, man. Hey, where just, I'm, I want to know where can, where could I pick that book up? Where can we get that book? 
Yeah, it's available uh, on my website. It's michaelmayako.com. Um, and I believe Red Nature, the shop. Uh, we, ha- we have Fort some. actually has some copies as well. Let's go. Yeah. No, it's a... Um, it's an awesome book and especially for someone like me that likes a lot of pictures in my books, yeah, you know, yeah. if there, if a book doesn't have pictures, I generally just That's kind right. of push yeah. it to the side. Yeah. So. Totally. yeah. <laughs> Visual learners, you said, which yeah. I appreciate cause I totally, I totally am that. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, definitely. You guys got to check out that. Hey, book can I ask Michael, can I ask you a question about your art and the medium that you yes. use? Like, I think the, I think some of the stuff you produce is just, I mean, it's gorgeous. Like what are some of the main, main mediums that you use to produce your art? Thank you. Yeah, it, you know, I grew up uh, really focusing on um, really hyper-realism portraiture uh, with, with charcoal and, and ink. And from there, it shifted into acrylic and oils and trained under, in my opinion, one of the best watercolorists in the world in Atlanta uh, in high school. And then when I got to college, I uh, enrolled as a graphic designer. And so then started to kind of take all my fine art background and incorporate it into the digital world and then uh you know since moving to the middle east have kind of combined all of it where now you know i do a lot on the digital digital framework um and do a lot of animation work now but all of that has its grassroots in traditional fine art in traditional portraiture uh you know faces and eyes that are still my favorite thing to draw and so you'll often see those come up in kind of the different work that i'm putting out yeah, I'm sure we'll end up linking to your site and to the Instagram accounts, and so you can check a lot of that out on there. Um, tell me about the animation piece. I didn't realize that you were animating stuff. What do you use for that, and, and where where can we see that kind of stuff? Yeah, a lot of it is hand animation, so a lot of hand drawings. Um, you know, After Effects is obviously going to be one of the main programs uh, that I do for that. But um, a lot of that also on my website. I, I just did a piece uh, in... Uh, in combination with uh, this really rad church in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, We partnered to do a basically visual liturgy of Easter. And so if you've ever heard the Stations of the Cross, it's a Catholic liturgy of, you know, 15 different stations. And so we broke the Stations of the Cross into five different stations and did an online virtual experience of kind of taking people through an Easter liturgy. And so animation played a really big piece into that. And, um, you know, I was in, involved in designing the web interface. And so, yeah, you know, communicating the gospel through, you know, the means that are becoming available because, you know, we mentioned, we, we talked about it right before uh, the podcast started, uh, just the ability for Christians to, uh, you know, um, reflect a God who, who loves creativity and who has inspired us with his spirit to create. And so to use the plethora of means that are just becoming easier and cheaper and more available to, you know, the average creator to then, um, you know, authentically demonstrate our faith through those different means and mediums. Uh, So as the mediums of creativity grow, uh, I'm trying to allow kind of the way I use them to grow and, and communicate the gospel through them. So Dude, good. I love that. It even reminds me, you know, um, I, I can't remember. I think his name is Eric Liddell or something like that. He's an old yeah. uh, Scottish runner, but like he says, has that quote something about like when I run, I, I sense the um, the delight or the I can't remember what it. I think it's like the delight of God, like the joy of God when I run because <laughs> I really sure. run, and I, I feel that way like about skating or about art or about whatever gifts and abilities the Lord 
has intentionally like sown into us and given us when we use those we point to who he is and and we even allow people to see him in a more full uh full way and so he's a god who wants to be known and he reveals himself and he reveals himself in a lot of ways through us his image bearers and so i think you do just an incredible job of helping people see who god is and helping people kind of get almost like a different angle you know um, that's what art does at its best. It really helps helps people see something differently. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. you do such a killer job of that, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I, you know, the word that artists often use when they're in the flow of things is inspired, and then when we're just, you know, feel like we're in a desert, we use the word uninspired. And that word is so like I love etymology. Um, you know, I'm a biblical studies guy, and so. I love biblical languages and just etymology in general. And so the word inspired is literally, you know, the word in spirit um, and broken down. And so, you know, when we're inspired and in our creativity, it's truly when I'm most inspired in my creativity is when I'm most in spirit with the spirit of the creator God. And, um, and like you're saying, like creativity, it's, it's a way to, to understand the world around us. I mean, I'm not a chemist. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a mathematician. Like those are ways to understand the world around us and most definitely necessary, but they're not the entire picture. And to understand kind of the entire picture of the world around us, you know, creativity and the arts are a necessity and the imagination is a necessity. And, you know, one of my favorite examples of this is, uh, um, Dr. John Lennox, he's an Oxford professor in mathematics, and he talks about, you know, if you were to basically make a birthday cake, uh, you know, uh, a chemist could give you the chemical composition of the birthday cake. But, you know, the, the scientific method of kind of establishing how is this birthday cake made uh, could not tell you uh, who it was made for, or the, uh, or the event that it was made for. And so in that regard, like, the you know scientific exploration of chemistry is limited uh and so it's recognizing that these different ways of understanding the world have limits as well as creativity and imagination but creativity and imagination are essential to understanding the world around us and to seeing the light of you know the lord shine fully in this world and and, and understanding what is our purpose here as as human beings yeah that's so good man so, Michael, for those listening, I mean, obviously, we we might know this because we're your friends, but where, tell us tell us a little bit, like, give us the quick elevator spiel of your life growing up, where you grew up, what you were into, um, what led you to the Middle East, maybe? Yeah, uh, so I grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta and lived there until I graduated high school. Then I moved to Florida. You know, my life really revolved around baseball and, and the arts uh, between music and, you know, painting and, and drawing. Um, and then uh, my, my grandparents actually lived in Florida. And so when I w- would visit them, I got into surfing, um, you know, in that high school age. And then when I moved um, to Florida for college, really got involved in surfing. And, uh, you know, like I said, played, or I, I studied design in college, played baseball in college. Uh, signed to play, uh, signed as a free agent out of college to play professional baseball. And then, you know, like very shortly into my career, uh, basically started to have like a debilitating pain in my leg and in my spine and was released from my team uh, that I had signed with really shortly after that. 
went in for a medical checkup with some doctors back home. And, you know, they found that my spine was really, really severely, um, basically messed up. And so had to do about a year of physical therapy after that was told, you know, I could never play baseball again at that level. And so retired. And at that time, the Lord was kind of igniting in my heart, uh, you know, uniting my love for creativity and ministry and sparked a desire in my wife's heart for, for biblical archaeology. And so she found a program in the Middle East that she fell in love with. Uh, we had a lot of friends in ministry in the Middle East. She had done an internship here when we were in college. And, you know, through a series of, honestly, we both had dreams uh, during that season of life that we would be in the Middle East and had, uh, you know, different mentors that we were under that kind of affirm that calling in our lives. And so we stepped out and, and moved to the Middle East and have been here for a few years now. Dude, so cool, man. Man, that's awesome. What I'm curious, I'm a baseball guy. I, I'm a big Braves fan. Maybe you grew up in Atlanta as a Braves fan too. I don't know, but... Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I actually... Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a Dodgers fan, most certainly, but I was kind of like, you know, you had to... That was the game that I could go to. It was like the Braves games. And right. so exactly. my dad was a Dodgers fan, so he would always take me to... You know, to the games and um yeah i've i've got one of my buddies on the braves right now i love him so much and a lot of a lot of my friends in, in the major leagues right now so uh whenever whenever i see one of my buddies playing i'm definitely rooting for that team so you know when yeah. i see you know the braves playing i'm definitely definitely yeah. rooting for them that's at times awesome. that's awesome what position when you were playing baseball what were you playing yeah, I grew up as an outfielder and, you know, just started throwing harder in high school and then um, played outfield and pitcher in early college and then transferred to just a pitcher. And then in professionally, I, I, I pitched. Oh, nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. How's the, arche- what's the, I mean, I don't, you know, all I know for about archaeology is essentially Indiana Jones movies. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does, what does that look like for your wife when, while you guys are over in the Middle East there? I mean, that's essentially the romanticized version of it. Uh, She is, you know, last semester she was studying uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. And um, so she is, her specialty is right now she's doing her thesis in the archaeology of refugees. And so kind of seeing what the life of refugees were or was in the Levant, um, kind of in that first century period. So just total nerd totally loves it though. And I mean, we're both nerds in our own way. And so it's really awesome seeing you and your spouse do something that she loves and excels at it. So, but yeah, I, our, our paths cross sometimes, you know, because I, um, my special passion in, in the New Testament or is in the New Testament. And so we have like a hundred year overlap where we can talk about it. And, and geek out on history together and yeah. then um so that that's really wonderful when um when she goes out to do the digs does she give you a shovel or you get you get the invite yeah, yeah. i've actually you know it's funny I, i've been invited but i always just say i don't dig for free so i haven't been uh, haven't been committed enough to actually go sweat in the desert for, is it, is it, it's hot for work weeks huh? on end yeah um but I, I may go help out this summer on one of one of the digs. She's <laughs> yeah, gone. Pretty sick, man. I, I'm a, I'm yeah. not gonna lie, dude. I really respect the husband who says, "No, honey, you go dig in the yard. I'm, I'm gonna stay. <laughs> yeah, <back. laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just stay here, man. Um. So okay. So if she's out digging, and she's finding like dope buried treasure and all this cool stuff, <laughs> like, like yeah. the la- the uh, 
the Holy Grail. Yeah, Holy Grail. If she's finding the Holy Grail. What are oh, you? Man. What What have you been doing? Like, what keeps you busy while you guys are over in the Middle East right now in this season? Yeah. So uh, our involvement here is is training leaders uh, in an organization called Young Life, and so in the region, there's there's different leadership community set up. And so we're really um, kind of involved in, in the soul care of these leaders and, and making sure that they are being poured into as they're kind of pouring out into their communities. And as well, you know, stepping in as, as both of you know, in ministry, filling uh, any role where there's a vacancy that you can. And so, but ministry wise, it looks like a lot of uh, leader development and leadership mm-hmm. training uh, through through studying the scriptures together and and just soul care for them. So good. Hey, as somebody who's I, I've traveled a, a a bit, but I've never been I've never been to any of the, like the um, like places in the Bible, you know, or whatever. And so it sounds like you know maybe you've seen some of those places or or been to some of those places firsthand. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Like, what is that? What has that done for you as a follower of Jesus? And, you know, just kind of maybe see places that you read about in scripture. Yeah, man. When you see a place where they claim Jesus has been, uh, you know, everyone's claiming like this is the rock that he sat on, or this is the fish that he fed the disciples with on the beach. And you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to call bogus on that. Yeah, right. You know, there's certain sites where, for instance, the Sea of Galilee, where you just can't, like, yeah, that's where he was. Where on it exactly, where you're not entirely sure, but you can't move an entire lake. And so, you know, the, the Lake of Galilee is for sure probably my favorite site. There's a beautiful little hidden cliff side with a rock uh, that has the Beatitudes carved in it. And uh, it's just a great spot for a sunset and for prayer and just reflecting on you know, our Lord was here um, thousands of years ago. And so, you know, I always, I always tell people, I had a mentor tell me, you know, when you are where Jesus was uh, physically, it allows you to see the Bible in color. And I just think that's a wonderful picture for kind of what being in those spaces can be like, but then also handling it with a lot of maturity and and not becoming kind of fanatic about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, also, also needs to not become a thing in your life. That's cool, man. That's, there's something I think that would be really beautiful and additive about it, but not necessarily, you know, not necessary, right. To, to understand totally. following Jesus, but, but still cool. I would think someday I would love to be able to, me too. to see some of those things for sure. I'm trying to definitely get over into the promised land or the, <laughs> the Holy land. No, I always, always, I always had to, someone tell me the same thing. Michael is that when you experience some of the places, what I think it does more than anything, it opens up your mind to imagine what it was really like. Yeah. And um, yeah. man, a little, a little shameless plug, like the chosen watching that show, obviously, you know, this is not really Jesus and the disciples, but it allows you to imagine what it would have been like to see somebody healed right in front of you or to, and I think it's just a cool thing, man, to, uh, to get yeah. there. So what a blessing. That's something I really enjoy about that show is it takes a lot of creative liberty, which is, I feel like sometimes biblical shows either take too much creative liberty or not enough creative liberty in portraying Christ. And so the chosen just really, as of now, has just really walked in that really wonderful space of inviting you into what are these kind of in-between moments that were taking place in the gospel 
And, you know, one of the, uh, the rabbis on who help who helps consult for that show, I'm heavily involved with his messianic ministry as well. And so really love the attention to a lot of the details that they, that they have going on in that show. Super cool, man. What about surfing? You getting to surf much while you're over there? Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, it, it's windswell. So it's actually very comparable to Southwest Florida. It's a little more consistent though. Uh, the Mediterranean water is kind of unbeatable. There's no sharks and it's usually always blue. Um, my, the, the place I usually surf is a reef, uh, you know, a reef break. And I don't, I don't charge as well on reef breaks. I'm pretty timid on reef breaks, but I, I still have a lot of fun and uh, try and get out as, as much as I can, but, but not as much as uh, maybe in times past. It's but it's perfect. It's perfect for a nice, like I surf like a five, seven fish and that's just kind of my sweet spot. And they're really mellow waves, uh, you know, with, it's just, it's all windswell. And so love kind of taking my little fish out there. You guys think that, um, what's the game plan? Like how long will you stay over there? Are you thinking you're coming back to the States at some point or is this, this may be home for you guys? You know, um, we will see what Jesus has in store. Uh, visas, obviously, in this area are always difficult to come by unless there's some type of citizenship or family ties. And so, you know, obviously, we're at the mercy of the Lord, and you know, He has power over visas, as you know, we've seen in so many of our friends. But we're also recognizing that, um, you know, that visas do come to an end, and so kind of planning with that in sight. And if something opens up after that to where we can remain, then awesome. But if not, uh, you know, we're also willing to, to come back to America. And I, I think that's something that, you know, especially the Western church can hear just like Christianity in the Middle East and get very excited and as they should be. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful, wonderful things happening in the church in the Middle East. Um, but, you know, living in the Middle East and seeing my home in America, and all the things that America is going through has actually kind of invigorated in me a passion to, um, you know, if I were to return to America, that there are quite a few things happening in America and within the American church that I'm really passionate about. And so, you know, I think living here has really inspired me to just be open to where God is leading you in whatever region that will be, because there is work to be done in that region. And, and it looks different in a, in some areas, it may be harder in, in some ways than others, but, but there's work to be done and there's difficult work and, you know, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few, few. So yeah. You know, Jesus, Jesus, please send us. Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, I, I think as somebody who's, you know, you surf, you're obviously involved in art and, and video and animation and, and, uh, you know, I, I want I want people to get a vision for how God can take the things that he's given them, like the passions that they have, the gifts that they have, and how they can, I mean, the, the temptation in the world is to make those things the ultimate end of themselves, like to become a well-known artist or to become, you know, the best at, you know, skating or whatever. Um, but how do you see those things? Like, how has the Lord shaped your view of those things to understand how they can be used um, both to exercise your gifts, but also ultimately to bring him glory. And in doing so, like really bring you the most joy and satisfaction you could have. Yeah. I, you know, I'm no pro at this because I've certainly, and if I'm not careful, can easily sleep, slip into just whether it's a performance-based relationship with others and, and with 
Heavenly Father or just creating idols out of what I do um, and, and not even being repentant over the good things that I create. And so recognizing that idolatry is when we make a good thing an ultimate thing, as Tim Keller, you know, so appropriately said. And so recognizing that our gifts, as beautiful and wonderful as they are and can be, um, they're not ultimate things. They are a means to an ultimate thing. And so always trying to look at what I do as uh, a window. And so, you know, if the world is kind of this enclosed room, uh, you know, there's a whole world of light waiting beyond its walls. And so art or in any form of creativity or sports or surfing is a way to kind of chisel out of a wall, a window. And, you know, the purpose of a window is not for the window to be looked at, but to let light into the room and to see what is beyond the window. And oh, so always trying to have this humility, uh, humility and this, and this gut check of, you know, am I creating and what I'm creating and I, am I creating something uh, for people to feast their eyes on? And is this the end or is this simply kind of a platform to something that lies beyond it? And truthfully, when, when our creativity is the means, it's always going to disappoint. Um, it, it always is. And we don't want it to. We, we, we want to think what we do is iconic and going to last forever. But, you know, we see Renaissance paintings fading already. And so when we create things that are the ends, um, then that's the destination that they're going to have, that they're ultimately going to end. But when we are essentially creating something uh, that, points towards eternal things then obviously the legacy of that thing will have eternal eternal ramifications and so recognizing in everything we do not just creativity but in the sport that we play or uh you know in, in everything we do it, it, we can make these things have eternal ramifications but it has to be united with the father and like i said earlier you know when we're most in step uh, with the spirit when when, it, when we're in spirit is when we're inspired to, to do these different things that God has created us to do. And like you mentioned earlier with Eric Liddell, uh, when we do these things that God has created us to do, it, we get these moments very rarely in life. You know, for some people, it may only happen four or five times, but it's when you do this thing and you really believe this is the reason that God has put me on this earth. And so when we do those things and we create those windows for, for God's light to shine into the world and for people to look beyond what we've done into, into the father, I mean, that's what we were born to do. Yeah. And, and, and that's the legacy we were meant to live. So. Yeah. I love that, man. I think that's, that's super helpful. The window analogy is perfect because mm -hmm. it really, it really, that's what good art. That's what any, anybody doing the thing, that God has given them the ability to do for mm -hmm. his sake. That's what they are. They are a mirror into who the Lord is and into his goodness and into his glory and in his kindness. So that's such a, that's a great metaphor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. think, um, I think our hope is with every podcast that there's at least one good takeaway. I think that's definitely one. I think when we are in his spirit, we are most inspired. I think that's the other one that for me is just like, dude, that's my desire. Yeah. I think, I can create a lot of things out of my own strength, yeah. but they're not going to be eternal. They're not going to be kingdom focused. Um, Certainly. So, well, I thought I love that John 15 passage that apart from, from the Lord, like apart from Jesus being the source of our inspiration, being the source of our art, source of our whatever, um, we really can accomplish nothing. So I, yeah. I'm thankful that 
like when we approach the Lord and pursue the Lord, then out of that place, go after the things that he's given us and called us to, then he can produce through us um, the things that, you know, that we really enjoy and that will bring him the most glory and, and show others who he is since that's, that's why he's invited us to join him on his mission while we're here. Yeah. And truthfully, you know, this isn't something that you graduate from where it's like, wow, this is something I really struggled with as a teenager, you know, taking, you know, glory for myself. But now that, you know, I'm in my mid twenties and have this ministry experience, I'm now doing this so well, you know, and it's, you're just so, it's always this fine line that you always have to kind of keep your, yourself in check with is, you know, why am I doing this? You know, I'm more than a utilitarian being as well. Like God has, has uh, created me to be loved and to love him. And that uh, is before even the gifts that he's given me. Absolutely. And so then if, if I just become this utilitarian being and I'm on this earth to, to just produce things, well, then that has then shortchanged the identity that God has actually wanted to bestow on me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this isn't something that you just graduate from or you, you read about or you hear about and you think, okay, now I got it. Now I can move on. Um, Cause Jesus, you know, Jesus reminded reminded us of this when he was talking about feeding the poor. And he said, you know, if you, if you give to the needy, uh, you know, make sure no one sees you do it. uh, And, and, and don't look for honor from others because if, if you look for honor from others then that's the only honor you're going to be given, right? Like you're going to be given what you wanted, but if you desire, you know, honor from the heavenly father and then don't let anyone see what you're doing. And so, you know, God's going to give us the honor that we choose. And so always trying to create or surf or, you know, everything I do live out of this space of, you know, wanting to bring glory to the father and, and let that be the reward. And I, I think uh, for the specific creative that this may be the most difficult is for musicians uh, because they are at the forefront, usually uh, live performances. I think, um, you know, my, I'm, I'm not a musician in the sense of performance. I, I love playing the harp um, on my own time and, and writing my own psalms. But I think for musicians specifically, this is something that uh, they always have to keep them, themselves in check with. Hmm. So good, man. Yeah, I think uh, I think what I'm what I'm excited about through this podcast is that people get to hear your heart and then we get to introduce them to you, whoever listens. And then hopefully they can continue to see and hear all the cool things that you get to keep putting out. Yeah. The fact that you're going to keep writing books, keep making art, keep surfing, keep playing music, keep filming things. Um, You know, that's one of the things that I love is that, is that we get to leverage any little bit of influence we have to introduce other people to other people that will hopefully keep encouraging them. And so I know you have encouraged me, um, the hope and prayers that every everyone else that listens to this will be encouraged as well, and um, yeah. So yeah. So maybe just as a way by way of kind of like closing this out, um, what do you think the what do you think the immediate future looks like for for you and your wife as you continue to sort of um, I don't know search for the Holy Grail or whatever whatever else is going. Yeah. On? <laughs> um, you know, we'll we'll find the Ark of the Covenant and sell it for a couple yeah. mil. Well, I already know where it's at. It's like she actually. Around. What's really cool is she did find uh, basically ancient drachma, which is which would have been one of the coins that that Judas uh, would have sold uh, Jesus for for thirty of them, and that's so they great. actually did find that on her on one of her digs. Dang, uh, that's pretty legit. Very recently, it was actually so, one of, one of the coins from Judas. No, it was one of the thirty. <laughs> 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 no. Oh, um, 
So uh, the, immediate, uh, the immediate future looks like, you know, KB is going to be uh, finishing up her schooling and uh, we're going to continue to kind of pour into the ministries that we've been involved with here and just our different vocational outlets. I mean, you know, I still coach baseball. I'm still an artist. Uh, you know, she is an archaeologist. And so, you know, we kind of hold both of these worlds uh, simultaneously in both, you know, just a vocational calling and as, as well as a ministry calling. And so trying to be faithful in that, um, I'm looking at studying more um, maybe at the doctoral level for in theology. And so kind of going through that process. So and uh, working on a few, like I said, working on a few a few book ideas right now, tossing them around, a few art, art series and animation projects. So a lot down the pipeline, a lot to be excited about. For sure, Just man. Trying to, trying to stay in spirit, trying to stay inspired. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so yeah. for anybody who's, who's looking to follow you, Michael Mayako, which is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-A-I-O-C-C-O. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. That's, we'll, we'll drop it in the description, but if you're following, yeah. you actually could spell that. You probably want a spelling bee at some point in your life. No doubt. Um, but it's that. It's his full name, dot .com, or same thing on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. Um, Definitely, yeah, definitely. Cool. Dude, I was thinking at the beginning when we were talking about you, Michael, that if anyone's ever seen the, the Dos Equis commercials with the most interesting man <laughs> in the world, <laughs> in the world yeah. you're like the younger version yeah, of that. Yeah, you're like the young, young man version of that. <laughs> you are the yeah. young man version of the most interesting man in the world. So, uh, yeah, I um, my my wife was getting on me the other day. She was like, you're really going to go for your third master's right now. And I was like, well, I mean, I just... You know, I, I'm like, I'm not an expert in anything, but I love dabbling in a lot of things. So that's yeah, kind hence of like, the, hence the fact that you're thinking of a third master's. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Also, also, if you guys jump on the pursuitcollective.com, Michael is a contributor for yeah. us and he writes articles and um, they're amazing. Super good. Deep thinker, um, creative author. So uh, yeah, if you find any of his articles, you can click on his name and it'll lead you to every other article he's written. So, man, we appreciate you for that. Um, another little plug, if anyone that is listening is interested in writing, we are always on the search for more contributors. We want to have more content. We want to diversify the voices that are that are speaking through the website, through the stories, and we would love to have you be a part of that. So please reach out to us um, through the Pursuit Collective. You can go on the website, drop us a message. If you want to email us, you can email actually Grace at ridenature.com. Grace is our senior editor for the Pursuit Collective. We would love to have, uh, like I said, more contributors. If you are not a writer, but you are an editor and you're like, I would love to contribute by helping edit stories, um, we would love to have you as well. So thank you, Michael, for for being a part of that, for believing in the vision, for believing um, in written content and the power that it has to reach people and I mean, we had the chance to actually go and visit Michael and his wife through Ride Nature with a small team a couple years back. And thank you for being a part of that. Hopefully, as soon as some COVID restrictions kind of die down, we'll be back over there to visit you again, man. Yep. Come soon. Come soon. I'm waiting. Yeah. We're ready. Yeah. So. Michael, thanks, man. It's been a real joy talking to you. Super appreciative. And um, it's just been really good hanging out, man. Absolutely. Thank you, can Joe. We, uh, yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah. Can we, can we say a quick prayer for you before you head out? 
I know you're. Yes, um, there's a lot of stuff happening in the Middle East right now, so we'll say a prayer for you. Yes. Lord, we just thank you so much for working. We thank you for this podcast, for the ability to um, talk about you and to be able to put that out there, to encourage other people to be inspired by being in your spirit, Lord, to pursue you above all things. That's what the Pursuit Collective is about. Lord, so we pray that you will continue to work through Michael and his wife. We thank you for the investment that they're making in so many other lives, that they're training up leaders and thinking about um, what it might look like for once they're gone, that they're investing into the next generation of people who can continue to minister to the lives of people in the Middle East. We thank you for um, everything you're doing in and through their family. Pray that you'll continue to work through them, help them to be a light in uh, in the place that you've put them in. It's an inner prayer. Amen.